0: As a church, like our, I want our job to be as a church, as leadership, to keep creating larger spaces for people to be planted into. Plant them in a good spot, feed them everything we know, give them all the nourishment that they need, and when they grow to the fullest potential that they can in that spot, we want to take them and find a larger spot for them. And I just feel like that's what God's doing, and so I wanted to speak that over you guys. Um, the Lord is good, and he's doing awesome stuff, and... You're right in the middle of it and church is for you. Church is for everyone. Amen. All right. Well Lord, thank you for today. I thank you for all that you're doing. I really do. I I'm glad that we get to be in the middle of it. I'm glad that that we're not dying. <laughs> we're not in a in a place or in a church or a fellowship where we're frustrated because you're not doing stuff or We're not being nourished or fed. You're you're doing so good to us, Lord. We thank you for it. And and we want to steward what you're doing well. We want more. We want to show ourselves faithful for more. And we just love you today. And we ask that you would speak to our hearts. And the rest of the time we have here, we ask that you would train us and equip us to do the work of Jesus. Amen. All right. Very quickly, if you want to open your Bible to John 15, um, I had something else prepared, but I think I'm going to save it for another time. Um, I just This feels like it's more appropriate for the moment we're in right now. Um, so John 15, I'm going to read just a few of those scriptures there. How many have you ever read John chapter 15 before? It's like, it's probably my favorite. It it in Romans 8, Romans 4, some of those are like just my favorite. Like, I just like to go back and read them and over and over and over again. Um, John 15, 14, 15, 16, you can't go wrong with there. Uh, So here we go, John 15, and this is Jesus speaking, and the way I know that is because it's in red letters. (laughs) It's awesome, thank you for that. (laughs) Brilliant, whoever thought of that idea. People are confused. Let's put the things that Jesus actually said himself in red letters. All right, John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Hmm. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it can bear more fruit. I love this. He rewards growth with pruning. He rewards any growth that we have in our life because we're growing. He's like, oh, they're doing so good. Let's prune them. And that's the part. It's not really fun. It's kind of painful, but he's doing it so we can bear even more fruit. Like uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was people in our neighborhood, and, and the storms had come through, and tree limbs had fallen and all kinds of stuff. So they sent out one of those companies that trimmed all the trees, all in the neighborhood. They trimmed them back. They cut them back. And within, literally within a couple of days, you see new things growing out of it because the tree had been pruned back to a place where new life could grow and it was, it was healthy. It could su- support it. And so you're having these new buds and branches growing out instantly because space was created for it. And that's what God does for us. When you're growing, when things are going well, when you're growing in your life, he's like, oh, I'm so proud of them. Let's make them more fruitful. And then we go through a process where it's almost like, God, I'm doing good. Why is this painful? If things are good, it should just be good. There should be no pain involved. But the pain is good for us because it makes us more fruitful. Amen? So every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so it can become more fruitful. And then he says one of the verses that has baffled me for years. I still don't understand it completely, but I want to someday so I can say this is my verse. But he says, you are already clean because of the word that I have spoken into you. And he says, abide in me. And I will abide in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Say much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up and they gather them. And cast them into the fire and they are burned. And we say, boo. (laughs) We don't want that. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Everyone say that. I will ask whatever I wish and it will be done for me. And he says, My Father is glorified by this. (laughs) Ha ha ha. How do we give more glory to the Father? We ask Him for things, and He gives them to us. We ask Him to do things, and He does them, and it brings glory to the Father. He says, you'll ask for anything in my name, and I will do it for you. And my Father is glorified by this kind of transaction. (laughs) My Father is glorified by this, that you may bear much fruit. Say, much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, so that my joy be in you, and that your joy may be made full. Everyone say amen to that. That's just good. Um, there's so many things in here that I could jump into, different topics, different um, Uh, powerful things I don't have I don't have time to do that today and it's not on the agenda but I want to talk about four stages of growth four things that the Lord this was a dream the Lord gave me a couple of weeks ago and I woke up and he told me these four different stages of growth there's more there's different you can pick real stage like you can take the seed and actually go through you know um, uh, chemistry and biology and all this stuff and and, and tell it but this is he downloaded this into me and I want to talk about it for a second the first stage or different type of growth, he said to me, was infrastructure. I was like, okay, infrastructure, that sounds like, a, sounds like traffic and construction to me, right? All the construction going on around. And he says that infrastructure creates a structure inside of people for perpetual growth. He says, what I do first is I build structures, I build foundations, I build roads, I build on-ramps and off-ramps, and I build highway systems, and I build all the things internally inside of someone so that they can grow from here on. How many, of you ever, how many of you ever drive around the Metroplex and you're like, why didn't they think of this 10 years ago with the road systems? Like, man, they knew Dallas was gonna grow. I mean, you know, they knew. So why didn't they make eight lanes like 20 years ago? Why didn't they make it 16 lanes back then? I know, you know, they, they might not have been able to do it and stuff, but I always think that I'm like, dude, couldn't they just thought ahead and went ahead and done it instead of patching and patching and patching? Well, when the Lord goes inside of us, he thinks ahead. And he builds a model and builds a structure inside of us that can be built upon, that can be added upon, that's not so painful to go through for addition. And the Lord says that there's a stage of growth that we all grow through where there's infrastructure, things being built inside of us, and he does it so that we can be expanded, so that we can grow future-wise. It's the building of new or improving old systems. It's for expansion of functions for both now and now, And the future, all right, infrastructure, he builds these things inside of us that serve us now, but it's also in preparation for what we will do in the future. He serves us both now and the future, because remember, there's an emerging person inside of every one of us. Everyone remember this. There's an emerging person inside of us, and that's who God speaks to. This is why we know he's our father. He doesn't speak to the old man, he speaks to the emerging man. If he spoke to the old man, he would punish us. But he didn't say that he punishes us. He says that he disciplines us. Discipline's very different than punishment. Discipline is preparation for the future, discipline is creating structures and systems inside of people so that they won't fail in the future. It's it's equipping people so that they don't do the things that they did before, but so that they can succeed. And so the Lord builds these things inside of us by speaking to the emerging child of God inside of us, the person in us that we're becoming the one that's that as we look in the mirror of God's beauty and his glory, we are becoming more and more like him. He speaks to that person, not to the old man. And he does that because he, he, he wants to build us into becoming more and more and more fruitful. So he builds this infrastructure. So that's the first thing that he said to me. The second thing he said was, there's a place called fruitfulness. And he says, this is multiplication in your life, birth out of covenant. I mean, literally, this is my dream. God told me this in a dream. He says, there's a place of fruitfulness that I want you to live. And it's where you multiply and you have growth and you have sons and daughters. That's you know a metaphor of just growth in our life and expansion in our life. And you do this and it can only come out of covenant. Everybody okay? There have been a lot of things that I have birthed or it looked like fruit in my life that dried up later. Anyone ever, you're like, man, I had this new thing birthed and it felt like it was really awesome and it felt like it was going to be really good. And you you look back later and like, where did that thing go? It's gone. That's. Oftentimes, it's, it's not always bad. Sometimes it's to serve us for a season to propel us into another place. But I know for me, a lot of things that, I, that were birthed inside of me, they weren't birthed out of covenant. It was birthed out of ambition. It was birthed out of flesh. It was birthed out of whatever it was. And so because it didn't have a covenant attached to it, because it didn't come from a covenant relationship with the Father, and it wasn't birthed from the Spirit, it died. So he wants us to live in a covenant with God. He wants us to be in a relationship with him. And I, I like to say it like this. His word goes in us and it cuts us going in and coming out, but it heals us. And in a covenant relationship, he sends his word into us and it, and it disciplines us, it prunes us, but we stay. That's covenant. In boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, things don't go well. You break up and you find someone else to go steady with. That's why my wife and I, she's really strong about this. um, She's like, I don't want my kids dating. It's like they're preparing to break covenant. We train our kids to learn to break covenant. Oh, date around. Find people that you like. When you don't like them, break covenant with them. And we wonder why the divorce rate is over 50%. Because we become professional covenant breakers. Now, (laughs) I mean, it's true. Wow, shazam. Dad would love that. He always said that. when he was preaching. But when we teach people to stay in covenant with each other, you don't break friends. You don't break friendship with people. You may not spend as much time with them as you used to, or you may grow apart in seasons, but you don't stop being friends with them. You don't break covenant just because you don't agree. You work it out. You love in spite of your differences. Man, it's... We're just covenant breakers. Because we don't understand that God doesn't break covenant with us. This is the root of it. We think that when we mess up, that we've broken covenant with God and we have to renew and write a new covenant with him. He's like, no, the old covenant is still good. Let's just work through this. We don't need a divorce. We don't need to have a separation time. You don't need to sleep in this room and I'll sleep in that room. (laughs) Oh, me. You don't need to, you know, make sure you don't cross paths in the home right now. Let's just leave it alone. He's not a God like that. We don't walk into a room when we've messed up and have to, you know, like the dog that knows they peed on the carpet and they weren't supposed to, and they see the newspaper rolled up in your hand, they know what's coming. God's not like that with us. He's not a covenant breaker. And so when we get that down and understand that, we will become so fruitful in our life because we keep our covenants. If we're not fruitful, if, there's a, if there are areas in our life, this isn't an overall overriding statement that's only true. There are other truths to this that, that makes us not fruitful, but we can check and say, am I in covenant with other people? Am I in covenant with God? If I'm seeing in my life that, man, I'm just not fruitful, I'm, I'm not bearing fruit, I'm not growing, there's no life, then I need to first say, okay, God, am I in covenant with you? Because you, says that the in, you said that the increase of your government and kingdom would have no end to it. Then I should be increasing and growing. So there's, let's make sure we're cool. Okay, God, I'm not having life in relationships or in business or whatever it is. God, am I in covenant with people? Covenant's a big deal because children and offspring and legacy are only birthed in covenant. Listen to me. <laughs> I didn't even plan to go on this, but this is really good. Bastard children, in, in a king and a king type in a kingdom, have no ties to the to the covenant and to the inheritance. Do you guys know that? All through history, many kings would do stupid things and have kids with different ladies, but only through the pure bloodline of the covenant family and the dynasty or whatever it was. Only people birthed inside of that bloodline, inside of that covenant could have the inheritance and the legacy that goes with the family. Anyone birthed outside of it was cut out, cut out from it. They couldn't even have a tie to the throne. Why? Because covenant comes from, uh, uh, covenant is what produces legacy. Covenant is what produces perpetual fruitfulness and growth in our life. And so this is a big time, it's a big season for us as a church to learn how to be in covenant with one another. To stick things out, to stick relationships out, to stick friendships out, to to stick, um, uh, you know, bad parenting. Uh, with maybe we have problems with our parents, whatever it is. Stick it out. Stay in covenant. It doesn't mean you have to agree on everything, but you have to stay connected. Amen? All right, that is a side sidebar, but fruitfulness, it comes from covenant. So there's infrastructure where he's building structures and things inside of us so that we can be fruitful from now and from to infinity and beyond, right? And then there's fruitfulness. It's the stage of multiplication that comes from covenant. The third thing he said to me was there's a place called promotion. And he said, promotion is the expanding of your current responsibilities and your current blessings. So you have infrastructure, you become fruitful, And then because you're fruitful, you get moved from the small pot to a bigger pot, which means now you have new responsibilities and new blessings that comes with the new territory. Amen? And he says, this is what, we all need to work toward promotion. The way we get promoted is we're fruitful. It's impossible to not be promoted if you're not fruitful. Let's take the work thing. It's impossible to work at a company, even in a bad system, and not be promoted if you're fruitful at your job. It's just, it's just impossible. <laughs> they're, you're making your boss money. They're going to promote you. You're making him wealthy or her wealthy or them wealthy. They're going to want you around. They're going to move you to bigger places with bigger um, blessing, with bigger benefits, with bigger responsibility because they know that you're a fruitful person and they're going to promote you to a new place. It will always happen. Promotion always follows fruitfulness. Amen? All right. The last thing he said to me, we're almost done. So there's infrastructure, fruitfulness, promotion, and then he said there's success. All right. Success. I was like, what do you mean? And this is exactly what he said to me. Success is coming into a skillfulness or mastery of your current abilities or blessings. And then he followed it up, and it says people will begin to search you out because you are successful. So I have internal structures built inside of me. It causes me to become fruitful. As I'm fruitful, he prunes me so I bear more fruit. As I bear more fruit, he promotes me to a new place, to a new season, to a new time, where where I have new responsibilities and new blessings. And then as I continue this this uh, cycle of fruitfulness, I become successful because I begin to master the, the things that he's given me, the, the talents, the blessing, the benefits. I become a skillful person at, at the calling that he's placed upon my life. And now other people come to me and say, I have noticed that you have not just had a season of success or a season of promotion or a season of fruitfulness. You're re, you understand this. I need to sit with you and I need to pull upon your resources. Isaiah 60. Kingdoms will come to the brightness of your shining. Oh, we will become so successful at being fruitful believers as we move from promotion to promotion which is from glory to glory that people will search us out kings will come to us uh-huh. This is I'm telling you this is stages of growth they, they say that most people hit that success stage in their 50s 50s and 60s but that those first few years of their life, their infrastructure is being built, fruitfulness is being built, promotion is being built, and then they come into the season of great success where people recognize what they've been doing all along, and they want to pull upon the resources of that person. I've, I look around and I see it. The, the, one of the, the, the men I respect most in the world, his name is Bill Johnson, you hear me talk about him all the time, for 25 to 30 years, he, he toiled and worked and was faithful and fruitful in a small mountain church in Weaverville, California. Really small church, not much larger than this. For 20 to 30 years, they, they, ta- they taught leadership. They learned how to heal the sick. They learned how to prophesy. They learned how to, to, to work in the, in the setting they were in, and then they were promoted. And they learned how to work in the setting, and they were promoted. And now you look, and you say the name Bill Johnson in almost any church, and everyone knows who he is. Oh, I've got his book. I listen to him on the podcast. I've heard of Bethel, I've heard of Jesus culture, I've heard of, of moral revolution, all the things that, because the man has become successful at fruitfulness. And I look at it and I say, God, I want to be a faithful man that at some point in my life, it may be when I'm 80, I don't care, but I want people to say he was successful at being fruitful. He was successful at doing the things that, that God called him to do. He, he multiplied, he grew. The infrastructures you build inside of him served him well throughout his life. That's what I want people to say. I don't want someone to look and say all oh, the potential that that person had. Oh, that would just, that would just hurt. If I'm in my 50s, 60s, 70s, and someone say, "Oh, you had the potential to see this through, but because you weren't fruitful, or because you weren't successful, or because you you didn't allow God to prune you and cause you to grow and multiply." then you never entered into the success, the fullness of what you were called to. That would just hurt. But God didn't call us to stay in in a place hidden. He called us to be fruitful. He called us not just to be fruitful, but to bear much fruit. And he says that when you bear fruit, you bring such glory and honor to the Father. And he's so pleased when you do those things because he says, that's my kid. And they understand the kingdom. They understand a king's legacy comes from covenant. And it comes from fruitfulness and it comes from being stewards of what the king before them inherited and what they fought for and what they paid for and what they gave their lives for. And they understand what it means to carry that on and pass it to their kids. You know, I've got a little pastor growing up in my home right now, and I didn't even think he was going to be a pastor. Little Matthias, I can't tell you how unbelievable that kid is. Josiah is too. Josiah is more intellectually driven. He's fact driven and and. And structure-driven. Matthias is more creative, and he senses the atmosphere. and And he's he's been so on. He's been so sensitive lately, and he'll he'll minister to us as his parents. He's four years old, and he ministers to his mom and he ministers to his dad. And it's so awesome when he I, he doesn't even know what's going on. And I came home the other night, and I was just a little upset, and I got my feelings hurt. And he didn't know. He didn't know what was going on. He didn't wasn't in the in the atmosphere of the setting. And he just started loving on me and just started saying, Daddy, I, I love being with you. He just started saying the sweetest things. I love being around you. I don't like it when you have to go to work and I'm not with you. And he just starts telling me. And what he was doing was pastoring me. He was encouraging me. Something happened the other day, and Mandy got her feelings hurt. And Matthias goes, it, I didn't do anything. Thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't me, but something happened, and Mandy got her feelings hurt, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, it was just an ugly thing that happened, and, and she went upstairs and just wanted to be by herself, and nothing happened to where the, the kids, where Matthias would have known that she got her feelings hurt. She didn't storm out of the room crying or anything like that. She just went upstairs, and Matthias just goes up there, gets in bed next to her, Mama, are you okay? And he's just, I don't know what all he said to you, because I took Josiah, it had to do with Josiah. I took him out and had an afternoon of teaching with my son um, (laughs) about how to talk to my wife and his mother. (laughs) But Matthias, he didn't want to leave her side. He was just going to, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, the one who walks with us, and he was that to Mandy. It's just, it's awesome. And our kids are learning it. And I look at Mandy and I'm like, we're doing good, babe. We're doing good. We're doing good. we are raising, you know. She'll have dreams and he'll wake up in the morning in the spirit of the dream that she had and have a conversation with her. And it's just fun. It's fun thinking, God, we're we're raising a legacy like my dad and his dad and their parents. I mean. Me and my brother and my sister, we all serve the Lord because my dad lived the legacy. He lived it. He, he, he made the sacrifices. And, and I, I'm like, God, enter my dad into a place of success. You know, that's what I pray for my dad. And, and I want to do the same thing so that my kids, the Bible says that as we raise our children in the ways of the Lord, they will rise up and call us blessed. That they will look at us and not say, I don't want to be like my pops. I don't want to be like my mom. They won't say those things. They'll say, if there's anyone on this planet, I want to be like it's like my daddy. There's anyone on this planet I want to be like it's the way my mom loves. I want to be like my mom. I want us to, as a church to raise kids that love us that want to be around us. That when their teenage years hit, I don't want them to want to go off on their own. I want them to hang out with us. We talk about that all the time. We want to make it fun that, that our kids want to be with us when they get older and that's that comes from the infrastructure and the and the fruitfulness and the promotion and the success just dealing with God and letting him make us more fruitful. That we become more and more like him, amen? And that's what I want us to do as a church. You know, if we do it individually, the church, it'll take care of itself. You know, I really feel strongly, I mean, we're, I'm here to pastor a church, but really, I'm here to pastor individuals. I'm here to pastor people. And if all of the people in the room are doing well, our church will, it'll do what it's supposed to do. I mean, I really believe that. If our families do well, especially us men, if we do well, the whole church will do well. when the righteous prosper the city rejoices amen why don't you stand and let's just pray into this i don't even i I love matt close this is a perfect time for matt to close this up because matt understands this topic i want to pray as he comes father i ask that you take this word and drive it deep into our heart we want to be so fruitful we want to please you we want to bring honor and glory to you We want to take your legacy and pass it on from generation to generation. Prune us. (laughs) Make us fruitful, Lord. We we stay. We will not break covenant with you. (laughs) When you're pruning us, we'll stay still. We won't squirm. (laughs) We'll just embrace it. When you discipline us, we'll say, thank you for loving me, Father. Thank you for loving me and disciplining me. Yeah. Father, help us to steward the fruitfulness of our life. Help yeah. us to look, at, look for the growth and to steward it. Help us to stop looking at what we don't do. Help us to stop focus, fo- focusing on what we haven't done. Let, help us to focus on the fruit in our life and let us tend to the fruit. <laughs> amen. Amen.
1: amen. so good. I prayed this morning just in in our staff parties, just came on me. I just wanted to thank God for the leadership we have in our church. I just want to reiterate that to you, man. You I told you 10, 11 years ago you're one of the greatest leaders I've known. And I was like <laughs> I was only like nineteen years old then. Well I'm thirty now and it still stands. It still stands. Maybe when I'm sixty it won't stand anymore. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I hope I'm still standing at 60. <laughs> uh, I mean, 60 is really young. <laughs> um, you guys know, I, you hear the word pruning, and I want you to know that that doesn't, pruning isn't a painful thing. It really isn't, you know. I mean, we all get haircuts, don't we? Yeah, we all clip our fingernails. Those things don't hurt. When God prunes us, it's not a painful thing. Right. So don't be scared of it. Don't be like like you ever seen the little kid get his first haircut. He's like. Oh God. <laughs> is it over? <laughs> That's usually how pruning goes. God just does it. Right. And he just and it's we don't a lot of times we don't even feel it, but he makes us better. Right. And so don't. But it's a good sign. And if you don't feel like God is pruning you and you're like, man, God's not doing much, much in me. Don't worry. Don't freak out. Just keep producing fruit He's going to prune you eventually. All right? And if he's in the middle of pruning you, awesome. Cool. Okay. Let's just uh, close it out. We have prayer up here. Our other banner. I don't know. I saw it there. Oh, it needs repairs. In the repair shop, we had to send it back to the factory. Okay? (laughs) A.K.A. Sarah's house. (laughs) Um, But we still have a. The same areas. If you need salvation, <laughs> I didn't say anything funny. Why are you laughing at me? If you need, if you need salvation, if, if you want to pray for salvation.